Welcome to the Graceful Hustle Podcast, where God's grace plus your hustle equals success. I'm your host, Monique Carkham Edwards, the executive strategist, giving you the practical tools and the spiritual fuel you need to reach the C-suite with your soul right. I'm striving by God's grace to create a space where you, as a person of faith, can get what you need to amplify your impact in the professional spaces you occupy. And I'm giving you what I got in 30 minutes or less because I know as a busy professional, your time is valuable. And I want you to be able to digest this podcast quickly, get what you need out of it, and get on with the rest of your day. This week is episode number seven, y'all. I was built this way for a reason. And today we're going to be learning something from one of the greatest athletes of all time. But before we do that, you guys know every week I highlight one of my listeners because there's no podcast without y'all. And whenever you email me, DM me, whatever you give me, I'm paying attention to all of it. And in fact, next month I'm going to be tackling some of the topics that you've asked for in my podcast. This week's listener spotlight goes to Felicia. Felicia writes, this was an impactful 20 something minutes. I sat down and listened with my 13 and 10 year olds last night. It's never too early to learn how to be a boss. We talked about how they could apply this to schoolwork as well. We all walked away with some great knowledge that could instantly be applied. Thanks for sharing your gifts with us, Monique Carkham Edwards Esquire. Felicia, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love, love that you shared this with your daughters. We have to start now, and it's never too young to start training up the next generation of girl bosses. So kudos to you for being that mom. All right, y'all, let's get into today's topic. Episode number seven, I was built this way for a reason. Simone Biles is the most decorated gymnast in U.S. history. Your girl has amassed a staggering 25 medals, y'all. 20 of those medals come from the World Championship since her first appearance in 2013. And of those 20 medals, 14 of those are gold medals. That's a record in men's and women's gymnastics. Apparently, Simone is, will not be content with anything less than complete world domination because she made history again on August 11th by becoming the first woman gymnast to successfully complete a triple twisting double somersault in a floor routine. If you haven't seen it, it's bananas. I'm going to try to put a link to it in the show notes so you can check out this video. It is nothing short of incredible. So yes, Simone Biles is having several moments. She's having her moment, my moment, your moment. She's having everybody's moment. But back in 2016, the greatest gymnast of all time was having a different kind of moment. In a Teen Vogue interview along with Gabby Douglas, who many of you know is another black female gymnastic phenom, the two gymnasts, Simone and Gabby, talked very candidly and they were so vulnerable and they talked really honestly about the racist body shaming comments that they've had to endure from trolls. 
These two women shared how at times these comments sent them into tears, hurt them so badly they didn't even want to come out and perform. And how many of you know when you've experienced that kind of hate, it can really, really do a number on you. But Simone said this about her stocky, muscular body type. She said, I was built this way for a reason, so I'm going to use it. I was built this way for a reason, so I'm going to use it. And y'all, use it, she has. <laughs> Those of you who have coached with me, you know that while I'm a big advocate of being well-rounded and improving your overall professional performance at every turn, I'm also a huge advocate of playing to your strengths. Especially at a certain stage in your career, you will get much more mileage out of highlighting, improving, and playing your strengths than you will from an investment of time in trying to shore up weaknesses. Now, if those weaknesses are glaring, if those weaknesses are prohibiting performance, then that's a different story. You got to address that. But overall, you've got to learn at some point in your career, what are my real strengths and how do I best leverage these? And that is exactly what Simone Biles has done. Simone Biles is four foot eight. She's about 105 pounds, but is pure, beautifully crafted, well-toned, powerful muscle. And yes, she's had to train. She's had to watch her diet. She's had to exercise for years to attain her current physique. But it all started with the physique that God gave her naturally with how God created her. It all started with her making a decision to use what God gave her. Now in episode number three, I talk like this cause I could back it up. We, we talk about Psalm 139, 13 through 14, which says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. If you haven't listened to episode number three, I talk like this cause I can back it up. Go back and check it out. Yo. God created Simone Biles the way he created her for a reason for world domination in gymnastics. And Simone is using it. How has God created you? Who has God created you to be? And are you using it? Simone is referring to her physical attributes. You know, she's stocky, she's muscular, she's petite. But let's look at some of the intangibles that might be in your life. For instance, are you naturally curious? Are you super organized? Do you love to plan and strategize? Maybe you have a uber engaging personality. Do you understand and relate to teens like nobody else can? Maybe you have amazing presence. Maybe you have an incredible knack for predicting trends. Maybe you have a larger and larger than life personality and you just love, love, love being in the spotlight. Maybe you're super empathetic and you can bring a caring and a compassion to situations that's unparalleled. Maybe you can synthesize a lot of data very quickly and explain it in an easily digestible fashion. Whatever your gift, your knack, Whatever you do well naturally, however you were created, whatever your strengths are, whatever you've been blessed with, you have two jobs. Number one, recognize, acknowledge, and own it. And number two, utilize it and maximize it. Play to your strengths. 
You were built that way for a reason. So use it because you will make more progress more quickly. If you maximize your strengths, than you will trying to shore up your weaknesses, especially as you are 10 or so years into your career. Well, Mo, what do I do about my weaknesses? We're going to talk about that in a few, but first let's address playing to your strengths. Now, listen, an overly simplistic approach to playing to your strengths goes like this. I'm a super engaging person and I love people. Oh, so I should be in a career in sales. That's where I'm going to shine. Or I love storytelling. So writing is what I should be doing. That is way too simplistic of an approach. If you've ever done sales, you know, it takes more than just being a people person to be successful. And while all writers are naturally good storytellers at heart, it takes more than that to have a successful writing career. So we don't want to use these overly simplistic cliche ish approaches to playing to our strengths. So how exactly do we play to our strengths in a way that's not overly simplistic? First thing is adopt a career strategy of gaining an honest assessment of what our real strengths are. I don't just mean surface. I mean real strengths because we tend to generalize what our strengths are. I'm a people person or I love numbers. That's general. But if you're going to effectively play to your strengths, you need to get down to a more granular level. It's not enough to say I'm a people person. That's way too broad, way too sweeping. And it won't tell anyone what behaviors, what actions, what skills make you effective with people. You need to know what makes you a people person. Maybe you excel in active listening. You're a great listener. Maybe you use humor or storytelling to disarm and engage people. Maybe you have a knack for asking insightful questions. Maybe you're a master at building consensus. Those are specific behaviors, actions, and skills that a people person might possess. So the first thing you have to do is move away from the generalizations about what your strengths are and get specific. What specific strengths do you have? And once you've identified your specific strengths, the next thing you want to do is figure out how to apply them in the context of your current role or your current job. So let's stick with the example of being a people person. Let's say you're a people person and you work in finance. Think about how you can leverage your people skills in your current role. Perhaps when let's say a cross-functional team is required or you need cross-functional support and buy-in for a particular project or initiative. Maybe you can leverage your specific ability to listen actively, to understand what other stakeholders need. Maybe you can figure out what might motivate the tax department to go along with your plan. Maybe you could use some consensus building skills to gain buy-in from IT. That's using those specific skills and playing to your strengths. You were built that way to be able to gain consensus, to be able to understand other stakeholder motivations in order to listen to people in a very active way. Those are all strengths. So use them. My husband Lennon has been a litigator now for close to 25 years. He is currently the founding partner of a very successful law firm in Midtown Manhattan. Lennon has an uncanny ability to disagree without becoming disagreeable, to compete rigorously without turning hostile. 
He was in sports for many years, team sports, individual sports, and that ability was really honed there, I believe. And then as he moved into law, he's been able to leverage that. He gets along extremely well with people, judges, opposing attorneys, you name it. It's hard for us to go anywhere in this area and for my husband to not know somebody, shake hands with them or hug them, chat them up about family or other small talk. Maybe they talk a little shop. And after the person leaves, when I ask him, Hey, how, how do you know that person? More often than not, he says, Oh, I had a case against them because of that God given ability that Lennon has. He's able to have an adversary without becoming adversarial. He's able to persuade and build consensus. So before Lennon started his own firm, he was a partner at another firm and his nickname was the closer, the closer, because often when one of his colleagues needed a ruling on a case or needed opposing counsel to agree to something, they call Lennon in to get the job done. He'd come in, do what he did and boom, job done. Hence the nickname, the closer. And because of using the skills that God has given him, the way God has naturally built him to be able to get along well with people, to be likable, to be able to disagree without becoming disagreeable. He was able to figure out how in the context of the law to make that skill valued. He used it in a way that has been valued and very well rewarded. What was Lennon doing? playing to his strengths. He identified his gift, how he was built, and he's found a way within the context of his vocation to use it and maximize it. So that's just an example of how a skill that someone might not necessarily associate with being a lawyer, because we don't always have the best reputations, how that skill can be used, how that strength can be used in a non-traditional way. So a few things about playing to your strengths. Number one, strengthen the strengths. Just because something is a strength, it doesn't mean that you don't need to intentionally further develop it. By play to your strengths, we don't mean that you've mastered the skill and so you don't need to make any further investment of time or effort. No, continue to build up your strengths. So if you are naturally a strong presenter with a lot of executive presence, continue to build on that. Continue to find different ways to enhance your executive presence. I do a ton of executive presence coaching with folks. Some people come to me in the rough. Some people come to me already polished and I love working with both. But with those folks that are already polished, we get to play around with a bunch of different stuff. We get to have fun. We get to try new things. So continue to build up your strengths. It's important because in our workplaces, Things are moving at the speed of light. And if you don't constantly upgrade your skills and build on your strengths, you will find that you have been left behind. So in this day and age, there is no coasting. There is no such thing as, oh, you know what? I'm a good presenter, so I'm good. No, you need to constantly be improving. So strengthen the strengths. Second thing when playing to your strengths, know when enough is enough and know when too much is too much. There's a point at which even your best, most useful strength can become a weakness. It's when you have the self-awareness that you need 
to realize that, uh uh-oh, in this situation, my strength can be a liability. When you lack that self-awareness is where you can run into trouble. Sometimes your strength in a particular setting might not be appropriate, might not be helpful. It might be too much for the setting, the situation, or the audience. You know, one of the most important leadership skills you can have is being able to read a room, to read an audience, to read a situation and leverage your strengths appropriately and accordingly. So for instance, humor may be one of your strengths, but in some settings, humor might be inappropriate or off-putting. So if you have a bold and dynamic personality, for example, it might be great for a large group setting, but in a small group setting, it might be intimidating and overpowering. So always know when enough is enough and know when too much is too much when playing to your strengths. Because if not, that strength can very quickly turn into a weakness and a liability. Third thing, set up opportunities to improve your weaknesses. I told you, while I believe in playing to your strengths, I don't believe in ignoring your weaknesses. If you are always playing to your strengths, you might be staying in a comfort zone and not really challenging yourself to grow in other areas. So don't rely so heavily on your strengths that you miss opportunities to develop your other skills. So how do you develop your weaknesses without tanking the project, tanking your assignment, alienating the team, or worse yet, blowing your job completely? You know, with so much in life, career, business, it's about engaging in what I call intelligent risk taking. We have to take some risks. We can't play it safe all the time. Sometimes we need to get out of our comfort zones. Now, listen, I'll be doing a podcast in the future about when to stay in your comfort zone. But right now we're talking about the need to get out of your comfort zone. And in order to improve your weaknesses, you have to engage in some intelligent risk taking. That means that you have to design environments for controlled monitored challenges. What does that mean, Monique? Situations where failure won't be fatal. Projects and stretch assignments that give you the chance to grow without exposing your company and your career to an inordinate amount of risk. You know, I often work with my clients to try to identify and sometimes we have to create, but I always work with them to identify and create and pursue and excel in these types of opportunities within their current roles. So you have to look at where you are, look at what opportunities available to you and do a risk assessment of that weighs the benefits of the stretch and what you could gain from the downside of this potentially not going well. And when you do that, you'll find hopefully the right opportunities to work on some of those weaknesses in a way that won't completely leave you exposed and vulnerable and you've engaged in some intelligent risk-taking. Now, playing to your strengths does not mean perfection. I know a lot of y'all out there are perfectionists (laughs) and I could hear you saying, I'm playing to my strengths and that means I'll never make a mistake and I'm gonna always come out on top. No. Before Simone Biles crushed that triple twisting double somersault on Sunday, August the 11th, she had attempted the same jump on the Friday night before 
but I think she pitched it too far and she had to put her hand down to regain her balance and she wasn't able to complete the move and she didn't stick the landing like she needed to. But when your girl came back on Sunday, she landed that sucker perfectly becoming the first woman gymnast to successfully land a triple double in a floor exercise. So playing to your strengths doesn't mean perfection. Simone took a big risk in trying it, but she had confidence in how she was built in the skill, in the practice, in the knowledge, in all of the experience that she's built up. And she took a calculated, intelligent risk. Did she nail it the first time? No, but your girl came back two days later and crushed it. Playing to your strengths doesn't mean perfection. It means you keep trying. Simone Biles is the most decorated U.S. gymnast in history. Why? Because of years and years and years of training, hard work, eating right, exercise, certainly, no doubt. But more than anything, I believe Simone Biles recognized her God-given advantage, her strength, the thing that made her unique. She recognized that she was built that way for a reason and she decided to utilize it and maximize it. I'm going to ask you again, what has God given you? I hope this podcast inspires you to identify that thing or things because many of us have more than one gift. And I hope that this motivates you to identify it, acknowledge it, own it, walk in the marvelousness that God created you in, according to Psalm 139, 13 through 14. And I hope that this podcast motivates you to utilize it and maximize it. You were built that way for a reason, so use it. That's it. For today's podcast, episode number seven, I was built this way for a reason. If this podcast has been a blessing to y'all, if it's helped you, spoken to you, encouraged you, please leave a review and a rating wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, Spotify, whatever. But what would really send me over the moon, y'all, is if you would share this podcast with your coworkers, your colleagues, your friends, your cousins, your aunties, your uncles. Anybody that you think could benefit from this content, you know how much I love finding out about something, you know, if there is a great new store or a great Facebook group or a blog or a TV show that just speaks to me. I love it. I love it. And I'm so grateful when somebody tells me about it. And I'm sure you are too. When somebody tells you about something and it's wonderful and they share it with you, you feel good that you found out about it and they feel good that they shared it. So please don't be stingy. Share this podcast with a few folks that you know would enjoy it. That's it for episode number seven. Thanks for listening. Take good care until next time. And I'll see you at the top. Bye-bye.